0: G'day listeners and uh, welcome back to the Keeper League for another week uh, If you haven't listened to us before, with the AFL Fantasy Podcast That uh, searches through the scrap heap to find you some uh, some useful spare parts, I guess So, uh, <laughs> that's a new one this week well um, I'm joined by my co-host Kays. how are you buddy? Very well, how yourself? Yeah, and it's about, your week's been alright? Pretty good, pretty good weekend, yeah, yeah. Just
1: uh, ready to roll into this week and...
0: Yeah, it's all starting to get very, very close. Yep, not far away. Now we got AFLX uh, coming up, and then the uh, JLT. I can't say I'm very excited about AFLX.
1: I'm actually, I'd be more excited about going to see Maroon Five on Friday night than <laughs> AFLX on Friday night. So uh, you're in the minority, mate. I think everyone's excited about AFLX. You need to get a life. <laughs>
0: all right. Uh, on
1: that. Yep. Is there going to be any relevance out of that for anyone to look at? If you if you have no interest in the in it whatsoever, like myself, would you watch it at all for any fantasy stuff well considering it's all
0: superstars they're not relevant to us correct
1: but you know <laughs> there are players like uh i don't know who's pl- i don't even know who's playing yeah. i didn't even watch it i have
0: been focused on it mate i've uh, been t- thinking about too much about the real stuff so uh what i find more interesting than uh, felix is actually the uh, intra-club trial matches mate so great segue yeah there's a few of those last week so we've got some of those to talk about from uh, a few of the reports so um i guess we'll start off with uh north Kays. what were some of the standouts from that well, uh, from all
1: reports, Dom Tyson and Aaron Hall went really well in their first city out for their new club, which is uh, good and kind of what we expected. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, it would be very, very surprised if they weren't there round one um, doing quite well. Yeah. Um, Taron Thomas is a draftee that um, has caused a bit of
0: um, yeah,
1: excitement around that club. Yeah. What do you know about him?
0: Uh, not a whole lot, but um, yeah, because I think the uh, a lot of the Tasmanian scores weren't actually uh, released uh, for us to know what he did. Although it probably would be in the prospectus if I bothered to look it up. But um, yeah, he I think there was a bit of concern about his kind of I guess attitude towards football because I think if he told a few clubs he wasn't going to play for them and things like that. So um, yeah, but apparently he's you know he's, he's thriving at North. So it was probably a yep. a decent pickup. Um, yeah, you got some stats for him, case? I do. He had an average of seventy six in the under eighteen champs and one. Six
1: in the AFL Academy stuff. So, you know, pretty solid scores there. Yeah. And their other recruit, Bailey Scott, he also had some good numbers. Uh, he had 100 in the under-18 champs and yeah. 90 in the... Um, at
0: Academy as well In the fantasy there so. Yeah so he was another one He showed uh, some glimpses In the intra uh, club trial um, And apparently Luke McDonald dominated I don't know how much I trust this source But uh, yeah Apparently had a good game So <laughs> Mate you know Everyone's dominating Yeah true Or they've got a career
1: Ending injury at And plus day.
0: You're only playing Against half a squad Like it's not like You're playing against A proper full AFL squad So true. It's You've got to dominate as as When there's only you know, <laughs> 40 players playing That game <laughs> Exactly Alright uh, Hawthorne uh, Also had their intra club uh, trial Last week and the most interesting, interesting thing for uh, keeper league, uh, or oh, our keeper league, the podcast, and also keeper league podcast fans, was that uh, both Warple and Morrison, uh, our two boys, were uh, mentioned in the uh, in the standout. So, what can we take away from this case? Probably not a whole lot. Um, yeah.
1: Nah, but uh, look, obviously, there's that midfield spot up for grabs. So they were pretty hot on Warple getting some of those midfield minutes, and. While I kind of had Morrison penciled in as that halfback flanker, it said he played a lot on the wing, uh, kicked the goal, did some good things, yep. um, which I think is good. You know, he's, he's a mid-forward uh, heading into this season. So he was never going to be able to get that back status. But yep. uh, I think if he's, you know, listed as a centre forward and playing more on the wing, that's, yep. uh, that's only good for, for Morrison owners.
0: And the Warpedo running through the middle in the absence of uh, Mitchell and Wingard out there and, you know, again, only, only playing against half a Hawthorne side. So, yeah. yeah. Well, if you if you look at that, with those two
1: out, he he basically steps into that role. And yeah, As of we course. Talk, talked about those other guys last week, you know, House Was it James Cousins they talked about as well? Being yep. being a, um, a new kid that could...
0: Jump into that side, so yeah, one to look at. Yeah, watch them in the JLT for sure. All right, and I took my uh, my son uh, down to Alberton for his first uh, footy experience. Uh, went down to the Port entry Club, and yeah. how old is Alf? Uh, five months. And he's got more teeth than most support supporters. <laughs> no, he doesn't have any, but still, <laughs> so on par, yeah, same amount. Uh, so yeah, uh, from the standouts from that, I guess uh, the ones that are relevant to uh, keeper leagues, uh, I guess Rosie was uh, was pretty classy, but uh, mm-hmm. still uncertain how he's going to go in fantasy because he, the, your typical kind of smaller forward, played on a half forward flank, really classy when he got the ball, just didn't get heaps of it. Um, so he was uh, he was one that uh, stood out, and the stats from his under eighteen. Uh, stuff would back that up because in the under
1: eighteen champs he only averaged sixty, and in the SANFL, I remember only, aver- only averaged sixty
0: as well. So, um, yeah. one of those, you know, probably. Um Quality over quantity players. So a lot of people are looking him. at him uh, and him to step up, going to like straight into that wing guard role. But I don't think he's going to play midfield. He's just going to be stuck up forward. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe one to stash for the future. But if you're looking for something next year, he's probably not going to do a whole lot. Um, Dersma, he yeah. looks quite comfortable uh, across half back. Um, but again, I'm not sure if he's in the best 22 just with uh, some of the numbers coming back. Broadbent came back, and I don't think I don't think Broadbent is the best in the 22. But it's the kind of people he's um, competing with, obviously Hamish Harlett's still going to come back into that side um, and there was a few others that played uh, quite well yep. so Leonard had also played quite well yep. um, then you've got Burton coming in Bono competing for spots so yeah I'm not sure how he will go but he definitely looked like he was comfortable at the AFL level and I reckon he would yeah. be a good stash if you can get your hands on him well because he's a defender and yep. he probably will be for,
1: for next season if you keep looking really really long term um, he averaged 63 in the under 18 champs but averaged um, what did he average? He averaged 101 in the TAC Cup. Yeah. So he's got that ability. And I, I think he's, he's going to be that player that Port need. It's just yep. whether he's ready to go right now.
0: And I think in the under 18s champs, like kind of you can disregard those numbers because they threw him around everywhere in that game and he just couldn't get settled after, over the four games you play. It's pretty hard to get settled as it is and they just played him everywhere. So um, yeah, the other thing we took out, and I guess we just mentioned him, but yeah, Bonner was uh, quiet. And there was a f- quite a few people on Twitter asking me to keep an eye on him and uh, mm. didn't do a whole lot. So I think uh, his spot he's probably a bit of a concern for uh, keeper owners So if there was one player Out of that uh, Intra club Who would you say Was best on ground Or who dominated um, Look Sam Pepper was good um, But We've seen him do this Time and time again Like last year He looked like Head and shoulders above Like the best on ground In the intra-club trial And didn't do a lot uh, Last week um, Sorry Didn't do a lot last year uh, Rocky looked good Once he uh, got off to a start But I think also Interesting was Boke Spending a lot of time In the midfield mm. um, So he's a forward I guess And uh, yeah It looked like Almost like him and Ebert Have kind of swapped roles Boke back in the guts And Ebert playing up forward So um, we'll have to uh, Wait and see how that goes But if If uh, Boak does go back into the midfield full time, he could be pushing up to the high 90s, maybe even 100 if you're really lucky, he has yeah, a forward, so he's handy. yeah, but anyway, they're probably all gone in keeper league, so uh, <laughs> we won't uh, say too much about Port either, because we're going to talk about them later in this show, but I guess we better get onto the uh, league spotlight, so this week I talked to uh, Phil from Perth, and uh, yeah, he had a chat about his keeper league. <laughs> Alright, uh, this week I'm joined by Phil B from uh, Perth, who's uh, here to talk about his keeper league, how you going mate? Good, good. All right, mate. Let's start off by uh, just telling us the name of your league, and uh, yeah, if there's any stories behind that, and how long it's been running for, and how you guys go about it.
2: Um, our league actually changes names every year. Okay. Was the winner of the previous year gets to name the league.
0: That's interesting. So, what uh, what was it called this year?
2: So, the winner of last year, which would we'll name it this year, hasn't actually got back to me yet. But <laughs> the year before that. It was uh, a, a, mad, a mad, North Melbourne supporter. So he called it Roo, He called it the Roo, the Roo Boys Land. <laughs> so I can't wait to. can to change that one.
0: So have um, you snagged the flag to uh, rename the league or what? No, no, no. I haven't been lucky
2: enough to, to flag to, to, to get a flag for this league. Um, I think we're into our. I don't remember fifth year. Yeah. Now. Um, we play a fourteen on ground and in a thirty man squad yep and um, just a bit of a history of I guess the league is uh, yeah, we tried to um we, we, we tried to keep the players on field probably a little bit smaller than what traditionally fantasy players have we've got a four four five one four league yep um, and you now intention there was just to make it um, just to make it a little bit more competitive uh, you know amongst the ten teams in the league um, I, th- I think it's worked pretty well yeah um, it's made it's made ruckmen and defenders I think the most valuable positions in our in our league.
0: Yeah, um, cool. All right, uh, what do you guys pl- what do you guys play for? Do you uh, you got a big trophy or is there a cash prize? What's the go?
2: Yeah, yeah, there, there's a cash prize, um, and there's always there's always a handful of side bets that usually involve some deer, Yep, um, which is usually done on draft day. So people like to get up on their high horse and <laughs> talk about. Talk about how great their team is. That
0: sounds awfully familiar, mate. And, uh, <laughs> and then, uh,
2: yeah, and then, and, and then, and they're not afraid to put to put their money where their mouth is. Sometimes, which is good.
0: Yeah, uh, no, nope, sounds uh, very, very familiar. <laughs> All right. So, what do you do for the uh, the punishments for the wooden spooners? you do anything for them?
2: Uh, no, our league's actually pretty boring. Oh. Um, we we get together. Um, we usually get together. We try and or sorry, we try and get together. Um, like a handful of times a year, and uh, yeah, and usually it's just the general sort of chit chat and yep and banter that goes around.
0: But, Sounds um, too nice for my no. liking, mate. Uh, think you need yeah, to get a few is, more punishments uh, in there, something uh, for the wooden spooners.
2: <laughs> I am getting, um, I'm getting some ideas.
0: From okay. These,
2: from previous interviews. <laughs> There's be been some about, brilliant
0: ideas in our in our podcast in yeah, some of the earlier ones. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: I didn't realize. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize people punish for notes. <laughs> That's
0: severely <laughs> <laughs> yeah mate nothing, I've, seen, I've seen a lot out there nothing surprises me anymore so um, yeah good luck to the guy who uh, takes the wooden spoon in your league this year and hopefully it's not you but uh, any yeah, other uh, no, no. funny quirks or uh, stories about your league before we uh, wrap up
2: oh, I really should have probably thought about this before <laughs> to be honest um, no 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 we just try and we try and keep it about the fantasy um, yep to be honest um, no, nah, I can't think of anything at the moment
0: No, you're a good mate no worries <laughs> All right, cool. So we might wrap that one up. So thanks for joining us this week on the Kiefer League and I uh, hope you're enjoying the podcast and, yeah, cheers. Thanks, sir. Thanks to Phil for that. I'm uh,
1: not too sure about the lack of league punishments <laughs> there, but, you know, surely you could get someone cooking a barbecue or being the beer wench for the afternoon while the draft's on. Not each their own. Some people just like being nice to each other, Case Well, not us. <laughs> <laughs> Never.
0: Different world. All right, let's get on to the uh, team analyses. So uh, first up, we're talking about, My pride, my passion, my joy My Port Adelaide
2: Adelaide
0: Ah, hearing that gives me a A few tingles. Okay, it makes me think about... uh Sitting at Adelaide Oval, uh, round two, but unfortunately I'm going to be at a wedding, which is probably going to be the first home game I've missed in about 10 years. So, yeah, it's a bit, bit sad. Port Power, a club with such history since 1997. Okay, <laughs> let's not go there. You'll uh, you'll alienate all the Port fans, mate. They'll be off you. They won't want to listen to us anymore. Uh, luckily, they've got you. you you'll make
1: <laughs> up for both of us. Look, if anyone wants to tune out for the next oh, probably 45 minutes, I'll have Rambles on about every single player on their list. Feel free to and jump back in when we start talking about Richmond, but no, I
0: won't go. I won't go into all of them, but I'll uh, definitely talk about a few. So uh, yeah, let's uh, get started, and I'm going to start with uh, Ryan Burton. So yeah. Um, he came to Port Adelaide this year, had a big uh, season uh, a couple of years ago. Everyone thought he was going to do the big breakout last year, but kind of went backwards. Uh, I think he had a few suspension issues, injury issues. Roll, like that. Role
1: differences too to what he was yeah, playing yeah, before.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it was a bit of a different game for him. Uh, but, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he um, kind of – just, yeah, played more in the middle this year. Um, that said, what I saw at the trial match kind of suggested otherwise, but, you know, early days. Um, but, yeah, he averaged 62 last season and 84 the year before that. Uh, and Paul's midfield coach, Michael Voss, uh, talked about Burton uh, when referring to his midfield group the other day. So, didn't explicitly say uh, he was... Playing or training with midfielders But when he just said um, he's talking about his midfield He rattled off three or four players And Burton was in that So I guess that was a bit of a hint uh, Mm. That he might be playing with a midfield group Uh, But yeah, there is a position in the midfield available Well, there's two really from Polek and Wingard So I guess we are waiting to see um, Yeah, who fits into that But there's also, I guess with Pittard um, leaving. there's probably He probably was best 22 by year's end last year, so there's probably a hole there. Yep. Uh, Harlett coming back might feel that though as well. But yep. uh, just looking at a few of his stats, um, his meters gain numbers aren't good. So I guess that's like a, one of the key stats for wingman and things like that. So if mm-hmm. he was to push into that midfield, he's got a bit of work to do. So there's a few question marks there. What do you think of him, Case?
1: Classy. I really did like the look of him a couple of years ago and obviously... Did let most people down who owned him last year But yep. look he's got he's got a beautiful kick And yeah. I think that's going to be a massive asset To Port's side Obviously with that he comes kicking in duty So hopefully he can get a bit of a bump naturally yeah. From that I'd, I'd definitely say he'd be taking a lot more of them This year for Port So yeah. that's a, a natural improvement for him there Look, you've, you can easily go into this season with big with big hopes for him, I think, because, yep. you know, he's classy. He's going to be easily best 22. It's just, you know, how he fits in and, and does he need a year to sit into the port mold? I,
0: I don't know. Well, he's someone I looked at pretty closely on uh, Friday night because uh, a lot of listeners out there tweeted and asked me to keep an eye on him. Now, he barely touched it in the first half, mm. um, but he was kind of – Almost playing like almost a key position role And I think that was just with, uh, you know, Cleary and uh, Jonas were on one team And so someone yep. else had, kind of had to step up yep. But in the second half, he uh, he pushed up the ground a lot more Played more on a wing A little bit across half uh, half back as well But yeah, I did notice in the last quarter He was up a lot higher on the wing And was starting to get a few more touches in the last quarter So yep. I guess if he gets to play that sort of a game He could go all right But we just have to monitor, I think, still with him uh, Through the JLT to see what he's doing
1: Yep
0: uh, the bloke I'm going to talk about is another recruit to
1: Port Adelaide. It's Stevie Motlop. So, you know, after his last couple of years, it's pretty hard to believe that this guy was once an 89 average player. So he averaged 66 last year um, and had only five of his 21 games of 80 plus, and that included one ton. I think he had a bit of a restricted year with roll-wise last year in the team. Um, but now with the departure of Pollack and Pittard, sorry, it's a, the poor power need to inject him into the midfield to develop, you know, solve a bit of speed issue because everyone keeps talking about Wines and Rockcliffe and Boak and, you know, all these guys not having much speed. Is Motlop that? guy
0: who can potentially be a bit of a game-breaker with the departure of those guys? Well, he was my thought initially, like uh, if we're lacking outside speed, he's probably one that could step into it. Um, yeah, again watching at the entry club, he looked much of the same as last year. He was pretty fumbly mm. with the ball and his disposal mm. was quite poor on Friday. Mm. But again, early days, yeah. who knows? Um, I'm hoping he can re- get, recapture that form, but I don't know, right now I can't see it. I yep. don't know, what do you think? Well, I think there's still a hope
1: for him. You know, yeah. I always like to give a player a year's grace going into a new club. Yeah. Um, and hopefully if Porter playing a bit more of that attacking style footy that which is that, did. When, which is what they look like they were doing on Friday. Yeah. It wasn't the same kind of dour defensive style of game plan. Which probably suits Motlop a bit better because he can probably afford to be a bit more creative and, and that kind of thing. So, yeah. you know, I think it's going to make him a sleeper in lots of drafts because there'll be a lot of people who delist him off last year because you can yeah. not keep so many people. You know, he's a centre forward, so he's got the, the DPP, which is always handy. So yeah. I actually think just looking on his last year's numbers, there is there is improvement. I, I don't know how much you can bank on that and there is risk involved, but yeah. I think that you might get a bargain with him because if he just increases 10 or 15 points,
0: he becomes a starting player and you're hard. Every now and then you get sucked into kind of those fallen stars, but quite often you do get rewarded. They do sometimes bounce back for a bit or, you know, have that one good season before they kind of, you know, really bow yeah. out. Uh, so, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if he did get back, but just right now I'm not seeing it, that's all. He's still not that old. So, yeah, know, yeah. But if you look at someone like Dale Thomas last year, you
1: know, new role, got freed up and ended up scoring lots of points. So, yeah. you know, it's not, don't write them off just yet, especially when you've still got a few years left in a season like Motlop does. Yep. No worries. Your next
0: player, Hef. All right, I'm going to be talking about uh, Darcy Byrne-Jones. So he averaged uh, 71 last season in his third year of playing footy, I guess, but he's been in the system about six years. Uh, I remember his debut. It was a uh, sweet long-range goal with blood dripping from his head, Crowd went nuts We were sitting right behind it So uh, yeah, this Good Enough time Spending a stature Move on <laughs> But over the uh, past Past six years I guess he's improved His average by um, I guess well, Sorry His three years of playing He's improved his average By six points each year And I kind of like that trend I like it when play, people Are consistently moving upwards mm-hmm. um, He's used as a lockdown defender Quite often But sometimes he's handed The tagging role So taggers don't score well Compared to the mids But uh, rest of the mids But they do score well When you compare them to defenders um, And he's obviously got the Defender status Yep He has uh, three tons in four weeks mid season, um, and I thought that was going to be it. Like, because he moved into the midfield, he was playing tag I think he was playing on Tom Mitchell at one stage and kind of just running around and tackling him and for half a footy. And uh, yeah, I thought that was going to be his role from now on. So, for a defender, you beauty get on board. But his role changes week to week. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. he gets stuck deep in defense, locking down, you know, someone like Eddie Betts or something like that when he gets has to kind of stand close to a, uh, a good player in the forward line. Or uh, yeah, but then other times he can move into the midfield and do a bit of tagging. So, um, he is an elite tackler, so you will get Get lots of four points out of him I think he's worth a defender four to five spot and yeah I don't know I don't think a breakouts gonna happen but I reckon high 70s is definitely on the cards of this guy what do you think case yeah agree um, I'd be happy to keep him if I had him in my side yeah um,
1: we talk about it a lot that, you know, a, a defender who's, you know, that 70, 80 average is just gold each week. And yeah. he's pretty consistent. I know he does have those those quieter games when he does a proper shutdown role. Yep. But it's not like he's ever going to drop off and be really, really horrible. So, um, as you said, w- when, you're, when you're not getting a lot of the ball, if you can get into the game with tackling, that makes a massive, massive difference to scoring. So, um, they've obviously got a bit of time for him and he's going to have to develop into a, a much better player with those... Um, the outs that they've got when he's going to have to step into the outside role. So, I think that is, uh, yeah, definitely worth a spot in your in your team. Yeah, cool. All right, who's your next player, uh, well We're talking about another half backer here. So, one, two of them in Port Sod. Yeah, you just potted him in earlier on, but <laughs> it's Riley Bonner. But uh, yeah, look, he had a really disappointing season last year with only a sixty point four average, and probably this time last year, everyone was talking him about as the the next big breakout yeah, player. Definitely. And Jeezy started the year hot. He had 102, 70, and 83, and then that was basically it. Just basically fell in a screaming heat. I suppose a good thing for Bonner owners or people who are interested. He was best 22 for sure last year uh, playing 19 games, but they're going to need a lot more from him this year. Uh, I just think he's going to get a bit more responsibility off that halfback flank or wing. So with those Polak and Peter gone, as we talked about, wing guard uh, to some extent, Depending on where Burton plays, Bonner potentially gets the opportunity to become a bit more attacking or a bit more use a bit more flair. Um, I think the other thing that potentially hampered him last year is he's quite a skinny build kid, yeah. isn't he? So a lot of those times that the kids who are a bit skinnier, not well as well developed, take that extra year. So yeah. he went into last year as that third year breakout standard, but. Potentially, it's the fourth year that might be the one for Bonner. So, yeah. uh, I'm excited about that. But the one the thing I'm really excited about, he took 33% of Port's kick-ins last year. Yeah, nice. So, it was basically, um, yeah. So, it's going to be up to him again. The only thing, Burton potentially hurts that. Hartlett potentially as well. Yeah. But if you look from 33% of kickouts, you know, Port gets scored. What, you know, what's average, you know, 12 points a game. Yeah, they're Literally never high scoring yeah, games. Yeah, well. another yeah. Three, or, three or four points. Uh, three or four points kicks in a game you know that bumps up 10 or 12 so yes it's still only taking to a 70 but I think there's natural improvement
0: there so what do you reckon for me, I don't even know if he's best 22. He did fall out of favour towards the end of the season and I think with Hartlett coming back, now Burton in the side, we talked about Burn Jones and we've got we our three tours against Dougal, Howard, uh, Cleary and uh, Tom Jonas. There doesn't leave a lot of room in that midfield, especially with Hartlett and uh, Burton coming in and lean it kind of shining at the end of last season as well. So I think he really is on the edge of uh, mm. best 22. Right. Um, but he's the kind that doesn't really matter if he does get a game, he will kind of score. Yep. So, it's yeah, it's not like um, it's just a matter of actually getting a game for him I think is the is the big issue. So what would you do if you owned him or would you be keeping him? Oh, it's a really tough one depends how on deep your league obviously in our yeah. league. Yeah. Oh, I'd probably have to delist I reckon because yep. uh just what my defense my defense is at the moment I would probably get rid of him. 16 keepers. So yeah. then where
1: would you take him in a you know keeper redraft?
0: Yeah, I think I think I guess yeah again if we were talking about our league with 16 keepers uh, fifth, sixth round. I'd probably go as low as I reckon. There's enough quality ahead of that. That's going to be in our draft pool. Yeah, but for me, he's probably someone I I avoided completely because I just don't like guys who are going to get your donuts. Wow, this is the only bloke I've ever heard Hef speak illly about at Port Power. <laughs> nah, come on, mate. We've uh we know we know about Kane Corns and uh, there's a few others.
1: <laughs> that's back in the day.
0: <laughs> you love Kane Corns when he was when he had the jump on run running around. I still don't still don't mind the uh, trolling job he does on people on Twitter either. <laughs> Coming from a big troll yourself (laughs) That's true That's true (laughs) Moving on Alright the next player I'm talking about is uh, Charlie Dixon So uh, yeah Average 81 in 2017 uh, But then went backwards uh, last year with an average of 71 Um, I guess that probably has a lot to do with the ball basically stopped coming into Port's forward line Uh, Port's defensive press was actually pushed right back last season uh, And that was noted in the prospectus um, That they weren't really attacking as much as they were in the the year before So I guess that really hurt him uh, from a fantasy point of view he doesn't really lead, so he likes to take the ball in his head. He's a big unit and just pushes blokes out. Yeah, put it on my head and let me do the job, boys. But then he gets ragdolled by three or four defenders and it doesn't really eventuate. But with this year with the zones and the ability for him to just push blokes out of his way, finally, <laughs> he should go right. So there's some interesting uh, some stats, I guess. So Port really targeted him. Um, it was like a ridiculous amount that I can't even remember it was really high percentage though that Port target him going inside 50 so he's their mm-hmm. number one target. Um and he's got a great contested mark. Uh there was another star I think it was like 30% of the time he wins the contested uh, contest uh, contest there so um yeah he's actually a real good contested mark. So now you can push blokes out of the way to actually get his hands to those balls. Um so he should see more of uh, more goals as a result. He doesn't have the best set shot, but uh, when he's on, he's on. He's kind of like a real barometer type player. Yep. Um, so, yeah, once he's on, he starts kicking them, but, yeah, he can be a bit uh, bit uh, wayward at times. Um, he's also a great tackler, though. So he usually gets a few extra points. Like I think uh, a few years ago in a final, he had a few huge rundown tackles, um, which is, I think, for a big man, he's really good with, the, um, like I guess, his pressure work in the forward 50. Yep. So... Yeah, for me, he's one to look. I reckon he can push that eighty if the rules kind of. If I think what the rules are going to do, what they are going to do to uh, mm. key forwards, yep. um, and especially just the one as well, where blokes just won't be able to sit in a hole in front of him because they won't really have the time to set up. I think he's a real chance this year. Yeah, four tackles a game last year. He's he's one of the biggest blokes I've ever seen in real life. Like yeah. he's just a he's an absolute brute of a
1: human. <laughs> I'd hate to be tackled by him. Um, yeah, I had a couple I actually had him a couple years ago In 2017 And he was very, very handy He was just super consistent You yeah. know, like We'd just be busting our 80s each week And, you know Sometimes that can be gold for an, for an established team Looking to To go for that flag Because you just need those players Who, uh, you know locks each week And yeah. you now we see it each year In our league Especially, you know, Your Hawkins Your Rewaltz, Your Dixons yeah. Those types of keyboards Super key forwards Who, you know You can always They're always expected to kick Two or three a week They'll take their marks Yeah You know, like They are a great def- uh, F F four, F five,
0: and I think they're all going to have a bit of a bump this year. Just maybe, you know, one, one or two more marks a game on yeah. average, I think, and uh, maybe an extra goal here and there, just on the as a result of that too. And that's,
1: yeah, and that's a real tip, I think. You know, just if you're in the if you're in the market for a flag and you think you're a chance. Chocking up with these kind of players yeah. can be super
0: beneficial. You're probably gonna have blokes in your league who just don't think like that either. They're yep. not gonna be thinking about the rule changes or, you know, what affects the stats are like, you know, the good players will, but you're probably gonna have blokes in the low the guys that sit at the bottom a bit more, mm-hmm. not thinking about those sort of things. So you should be able to get a few steals, I reckon. Yeah.
1: Um, the last player for me is Sam Mays. So um, yes, another uh, recruit to the Port Power side. Uh, 2017 was his career PB season. He had 79 there, um, but last year only played six AFL games for an average of 58. Um, in the NEFL, he's uh, averaged 96 in 12 games last year, which is pretty solid, uh, especially for a defender. It's handy enough. Just what is he going to do uh, with Port this year? Is he going to get the game? So um, He's going to be one that gets overlooked in a lot of drafts um, keep a leg or, or nonetheless but because port do more recycling than a bottle and can depot if he gets <laughs> his chance could he actually be handy in a good side like he's been at Brisbane for four or five years is going to port going to help him if he actually gets a game I don't know did he play on Friday night what's what's the feel
0: uh, I can't actually remember him like standing out but um, yeah for me he uh, I, I guess I worry if he's a part of Brisbane side uh, Through all those shit years And he's still not getting a the game then You know it is, is funny how be... people fall out of favour, though. Yeah, that's you know? true. You know, coaches puts a line through him and uh, never yeah. again for him. Yeah, I don't know. He's a funny one. Like, yeah, like I said, he, to me, he didn't stand out, but I was a bit uh, occupied with the lad running around. and mm. Well, not running around, but, uh, yeah, making a bit of noise every now yeah. and then. So, <laughs> Well, for me,
1: he was a high draft pick and he has scored in the past. Look, I, I'm not backing him necessarily to be in Ports' best 22, but, you know, if things go wrong or he gets his chance and takes it, like, I think he's one that can score if he plays. Yeah. He's only 24 and I'm talking super late Pick here, and yeah, okay. and you, yeah, you know, you, when you when you get to that point where you just don't even know half the people on the on yeah, the draft pool yeah. anymore, and you go, oh, and as a defender, I'd throw a lifeline at him and just see see
0: if he can repay the faith. Yeah, if he's there at the end, he's probably worth a punt. But yeah, not someone I'd be targeting early. Yeah, fair enough. All right, one last one for me, and it's uh yeah a bit of a stash, I guess. So it's a bit of a, a bit of a real smoky here, but I want to talk about Kai Pudney. So uh, he won the Sample Under 18s uh, MVP. And he had the uh, most uncontested touches in the comp, and had the second most uh, uh, uncontested—sorry, second most uncontested possessions—and had the second most touches in total uh, for the whole competition. He's also um, um, a former athletics champion at a schoolboy level, so he was top ten in the country at one stage for uh, for running. So I guess why is he a rookie at Port? So it's it's a bit interesting. So he was actually um, part of Port's next generation academy um so he's i think his mum was born in japan so he was eligible to come to port as a category uh, category b rookie lister and his whole family is, he's grown up a port supporter been a port supporter his whole life so he wanted to get to port so he took that opportunity to perhaps you know be on a rookie list as opposed to a senior list but uh, get onto ports list that way um the prospectus uh Quotes, uh, I've never seen a Category B rookie get so many touches. Um, and then I thought, yeah, well, fair enough. Under-18 is a different kettle of fish, so um, we won't see too much about that. I think there's a few players that didn't play league this year and still got picked up in the senior draft. But yep. uh, anyway, um, he could have just slid or something like that. But uh, then I looked at him in Inter club, and he was just racking it up from the get-go. He was in and everything. So he did. Uh, he rested up later on in the game, but the first half, he was just getting so many touches in because he's got really long hair. He just stands out uh, so much. So I just couldn't believe how much he was getting of it. But he's quite skinny. Um, he's quite tall, though, as well. But, he's uh, yeah, he's going to take a bit of time to develop, mm-hmm. um, which is probably why he didn't play league uh, Sanford League last season. Body's well. just not up to yeah, it. Yeah, really. exactly. Yep. But I reckon if you can stash him somehow, if you've got one of those deep leagues, your last pick or whatever, there won't be many people looking at this guy, and he just looks like he's built for fantasy. Oh, I have never heard of him before. Yeah. No, I've only, <laughs> only noticed when we, were, um, <laughs> when we were pulling those uh, stats. So I did have a, a quick squiz at the under-18s, and he was right up there with all the stats. So, yep. yeah, I think he averaged, I think it was 105 or maybe even 110 at the in the under 18 uh, under 18 uh, sample under 18s that is, and I think at the uh, the under 18 championships as well, he had a really good uh, carnival. So it's good yeah, going. keep your eye on that guy. All right, we're uh, that does uh, that does it for Port. I could keep going, but I think I'll spare you and uh, spare Kay's because I think he's ready to. Uh, I've had to cut <laughs> most of the show doc here. <laughs> it just kept going. All right, on to Richmond. <laughs>
1: The greatest song in AFL, really. Yeah, just it's just the best theme song. Right. Yeah. Even though I'm a Bombers man, you can't beat Tiger Land. And, geez, we've got some good memories of that song, Hef.
0: Yeah, it's a song we grew up singing for the New York Tigers, playing uh, junior footy and a tiny bit of senior footy down there. So, shout out to that football club. Great bunch of people and, uh, yeah, a lot of good memories down there. Bloody yeah. oath. radio Hef, how are the Tigers going to go this year? Are they going to bounce back or what? Um. Well, they finished third, didn't they? So, they, they will. Yeah, I but you're not, not first, you're last. Yeah, true. Man. True. But, yeah, I think they will be around the mark again. Who mm. knows these days? Like, Who would have thought the last three premiers um, would have been who they were? So Correct. Yeah. But, anyway, uh, yeah, let's uh, talk about a few players that might be interesting from a fantasy perspective. So, Case, uh, you can go first. Uh, who was your first? Rightio. So,
1: my first player is Jaden Short. So, um, I'm 100% all chips in with this guy this year. I think he's going to be an absolute jet. So he jumped from a 56 average uh, two years ago to a 76 average last year, and I'm expecting this to keep going up and up and up. He played every game last year and had three tons. Um, he was also pretty consistent. He only had six games under 60, which I don't think is too bad for a developing player, um, especially, um, you know, uh he we'll third, third or fourth year. So um, I think you can get cut him a bit of slack for those couple poor games. What I do like... And this is the biggest stat. He took over 50% of the Tigers' kick-ins last year. So, I think he's going to get a massive natural bump there. There's no one else that's coming into that side that I can see is going to take any more ball off him.
0: And I think that alone is going to take him well to the 90s. Sorry to bring this back to uh, Port Adelaide case, but the one thing I did notice on uh, Friday with the new rules in play at an intra-club was that uh, for Port anyway, it was basically whoever was closest to the pill Mm -hmm. picked up the ball and got it moving. So, players were just trying to get it moving as quick as possible. Didn't seem like there was a designated kicker. Will this be the same for every club? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people might still try to get it. But it seemed like with the new rules where you can just get it going and straight away, didn't matter... Who was there? They just picked it up and got going. So, Intr- yeah, interesting. Grain of salt Because we, we don't
1: know what it's going to look like. My question is how many – I don't know if – there's obviously stats about this, but how many times would someone like um, – you know, uh, Richmond are playing Collingwood. How many times would they have, they have a genuine set shot, you know, inside 50 where there would be someone ready to go from to go from a kick in? Like oh, I, I guess know you, when it's quick yeah, turnover yeah. and – Short might not be down there, yeah. But how many? Surely half of goals are goals or points have it in crack from a set shot inside fifty. I don't
0: know. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, I guess like generally the people that are going to be down there might be the you know the tall fella standing on the line. So maybe a key defender. Like, so someone, if you're talking to Collingwood, for example, Alex Rant's probably standing there, yeah. and he might be the one to get the ball going. They might not wait around for someone like uh, Jaden Short to come in. That's all I'm saying. Well. Just for this, uh, I'm just going to disregard everything I said because <laughs> it's from a poor trial game and <laughs> their shit. Anyway. <laughs> according to you, so
1: um, look, I, I'm just keen on him. I think, uh, yeah, as I said, I'm all chips in, and with Hooley slowing down too, and he's one that they feed the ball through a lot. I think Short's got a great kick, and he's going to naturally be that guy that literally becomes their general back there. And yeah, I'm I'm going to put it out there. I think I can see him scoring ninety. So if he's okay. still in
0: your pool, cool. or if uh, you're doing you're starting up your keeper leg, yeah, I'd be pretty hot in him early. Yeah, he's not really someone I um, had a look at, but then uh, a few people were like, uh, yeah, just telling us to have a look at him. And then I went out and looked at his numbers and yeah, really impressive uh, into last season. So yeah, I do like the idea if he was available and he would come up and I had a pick at the right time, I'd definitely consider him. So yeah. I'm all over him. All right. I'm going to talk about uh, Brandon Ellis. So he should be in a fair few key this year, surely. Because he had a pretty disappointing year last year, um, but his, and his numbers have been on the uh, decline since two thousand five. So he averaged a hundred that year and just slowly, slowly, slowly dropping each year. Um, so yeah, he was dropped a few times last year as well from memory. I uh, don't think he played every game for for Richmond in the ones he had to go back to the uh, to the twos and have a bit of a kick to find some form. Uh, and then he didn't do anything special at VFL either. So especially in terms of fantasy scoring, only averaged seventy seven back there. Mm. Um, he is a good ball winner. And a good intercept player across halfback when he uh, goes back there. So, what do we think, Kays? Can he bounce back or have we been burnt too badly by him?
1: Can he bounce back to 102s? No. Yeah. Nah, and what I'm – I'm having a crack at the the flag this year in our in our league and I'm expecting Ellis to be in our pool potentially. So, yeah. or even if he's not, I'd like have him quite <laughs> high up in my – in my ranks. you do realize the guy who's got him is a mad Richmond supporter who just takes any Richmond's player. Okay, well he's not in there. <laughs> but if he was, and I, I was kind of preparing that he might be, yeah. I was happy to go first round with him because it's same with that um, that forward that we were talking about before with Dixon Rewalt style. Yes, he's not going to be a hundred and two averaging player, but yes, he's that lock in every week eighty to seventy to eighty kind of player. And look for your last spot or for a bench spot or for this, I just I think he's good. And I think that there is, you know, he can go big. Like he's not, you know, he can score tons and it's, yes, he might have a few shit games, but look, he can deliver it on the big stage for you. And I think that's important to have. Look, he's only 25 too. Like yeah. don't write him off yet. He's, yeah, yeah, he's highly touted. You said that some people can bounce back. No, you're yeah, so. right.
0: Yeah, I didn't even factor his age into it. To be honest, it was just yeah noticing the numbers. So I'm I'm not as co- um, worried about him as some other people are. If you've got you
1: know those years, whatever year that was, four years ago, in your mind, he's going to be 102 average. Then yeah. no. But bring it back. If you're looking around that 80, 85, and you know he gets this you know high 70s, he's 80s, then, of that. Then yeah. that's fine. So yeah, just um, I think you just got to check yourself uh, with your expectations at Ellis this year. Sure, sure. Who's your next one, Case? My next player is Jack Graham. So uh, this kid's a seriously good player. So um, he had not a bad second year in the system with a 66 average. So in his first year, basically, he basically only played two games in the regular season then went on and won a flag. Um, and yes, he you know probably expected a bit more than 66, but um, he had two tons, which showed he can go big, and they were towards the back end of the season. Um, but he had a lot of games around that 40 to 50, which can be a bit of a killer if you end up having to play him. Yep. But what I like about him is he can seriously play and Richmond obviously looking strong again and I think he's going to be the next guy to come in line um, because of um, you know the, the decline in coaching with age and that kind of thing. And what I like about this is that, yes, Conker, Miles, Lloyd, they're all gone and, and he was ahead of them, yes, but... They're those depth players that they probably could have brought into the side if, you know, Dusty goes down or Cotchen goes down. Um, but now they're not there. It's basically they've got to throw Graham into the guts and take that that slack up. So I think that he's that natural player. He's got – he had good fantasy numbers as a kid. And I think third-year breakout, it's his year.
0: I just worry about the tagging roles he's constantly assigned to. So those lower scores are generally when you get stuck with the tag. Did such a good job on uh, Rory Sloan in that grand final that uh, they tend to use him in that position quite a bit. Uh did have some shoulder issues didn't he as well yeah he's um had a delayed start to his pre-season so
1: that's a bit of my uh, asterisk here with him this year i think i'd be happy to take him but you've got to be very basically just not expect anything from the first half of the year from him and if you can get his body right and build towards the end of the year it's not i'm not talking i'm probably not talking about him this year like i think there is potential late this year yeah but i think 2020 he's good to go and good to go in a big way
0: yeah for me i just think he's gonna probably go a lot earlier than i'd want to take him out that's all not saying he's gonna be uh you know, be rubbish as a fantasy scorer, like he might, you know, improve a little bit. But yeah, the, the tagging thing, the injuries, for me, he just slides for me and I reckon someone will just snap him up before I find, you know, his place where I think he should go. If, uh, yeah, if, if he was mid-hour mid, mid our, uh,
1: draft, I would take him, he's not going to be in the draft because that same Muppet that's keeping Brandon and Ellis is going to keep Jack Graham. <laughs> he loves Jack Graham, so huge <laughs> yes. man <me> crush. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'd be happy to take a punt on him. I think he's one that, uh, if, you're, if you're in rebuilding mode, I'd have a cracker early and and kind of pencil him in late this year, heading into next year.
0: Yep. All right. Cool. I'm going to talk about uh, Jack Higgins. So he only averaged 61 last season, uh, but he averaged great contested possession and intercept numbers. Um, He's got a uh, 1.5 kick to handball ratio, and he's a really good tackler too. He just needs to spend more time in the midfield for mine. Apparently, this is a pretty good stat, actually. The Tigers win 50% of the clearances that he's involved in. So, when he's at the center uh, center circle, they win 50% of the clearances. So it's a nice stat. Yeah. Um, real low time on ground last season, too. So, we all know about his uh, junior fantasy numbers. Um, oh, I think he's going to be good at AFL level. I think we just need to give him time. Yeah. He's still not a massive... Guy, like yeah. he's not built. He's not. Yes, he's obviously got
1: the talent, and yes, he'll be good, and he can probably be good as a smaller kid. But he's going to need a bit more, a bit, a bit more time to develop. Yeah. And I think at the moment, yes, while he's good at the clearances and that kind of thing, he was actually very valuable as a small forward in yeah. their team last year. Yeah. So I think while their their premiership window is still open and Cochin and those guys are still going well, I think that his spot in the team is forward yeah. for this year. Yes, I've got no doubt. So he potentially might be the next big thing uh, in football and definitely in fantasy. But just this year, I'd be, yeah, I'd be kind of hopefully stockpiling him towards next year.
0: Yeah, no, that was my other thing with Jack Graham, was the yeah, that he does kind of fit the mould of a small forward. Yeah. A very yep. good small forward. And, you know, what I think about them in terms of fantasy scoring, they're probably the worst, actually, position for fantasy scoring. Yeah. Yep. He's probably a little bit different because he can go in the guts. And I think Tigers want to use him in the guts, but he might just be, he might just prove too valuable elsewhere. Their team's probably
1: a bit too strong at the moment for potentially both Graham and Higgins to have a massive impact this year. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be... I'd be taking him because if you're building, I, I want these guys in my team every every day of the
0: week because I yep. think they're going to be guns. All right, the last player we're going to talk about is uh, Tom Lynch. So another key forward that I think could benefit from the new rules. He averaged eighty uh, sorry, averaged sixty six uh, last season, but had an injury affected year. And we all know he didn't really want to be at Gold Coast. Didn't really want to play footy last season.
1: Must be must suck like having to you know go to <laughs> Surfers paradise every morning, yeah, get and paid like six surf days. and yeah, yeah must be really horrible.
0: Yuck. Anyway, uh, eighty six and eighty in the two seasons before last year so he's proven he can be a real handy uh forward when it comes to fantasy um if you can bounce back to what he was doing at gold coast um he's now playing in a team that will actually deliver the ball to him mm-hmm. um, more than two or three times a game yep. so uh the new zone and uh hands in the back rule and i say i say this about every key forward but surely he's in for a big year yeah there's been talk that he's going to go bananas
1: and be like this 100 average yeah. forward and I, i'm not buying into that at all i'm you know 66 was very low for him last year and completely right off uh, those stats for me. That 86 is kind of what I see him at and it can building up towards that 90 95. I just don't think just because he's going to Richmond, he's going to become this, you know, scoring machine. You know, like he's not unique, really well up and down the ground, you know, lots and lots of ball. Like he's a proper key for Dixon like, better than Dixon, yes. But I'm just not expecting, I'm not buying into that, you know. He's going to go have the best year and go bananas. I think he's going to be a great forward and i would be keeping him and be taking him early if he's still there because he's going to be a forward for many years to come and he's and he's gone. But just be careful about
0: where, you know, what you think yeah, you can average. Here. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. All right, cool. That wraps it up for Richmond. On to St. Kilda.
2: when the same sand-
0: All right, on to the Saints. Uh, You might be... We might be waiting a while to see him march in, but who knows? Uh, stranger things have happened. Who would have thought West Coast would have been up there last <laughs> you season? Can't, so. You can't write anyone off at the moment, I don't think. No, nah, it's a strange uh, beast, the AFL at the moment. But anyway, let's uh, take a look at a few players. Case, who's first up? Uh,
1: first up's one of my old boys, Jade Gresham. So he's heading into his fourth year now, and I think this is the year he's going to go to the next level. Uh, he took his average from 65 to 73 last year, and, and I thought he'd probably take up at the next step, You know, maybe the 85-ish. I, th- I was really bullish on him last year but he kind of proved me right in the end of the season he averaged 86 and a half in his last six games and had two tons there so um, he did come home very strong and there's a lot of chat about him this preseason. I think he's actually gonna be a genuine gun and I'm a bit worried that he might end up being one of those players who's a really good footballer but it doesn't always equate to being a fantasy jet I think that might be my big concern with him even more so I think while he's been quite good in the midfield I think he might be relegated to that Toby Green role where he's such a good high half forward he's that Okay, he's a genuine forward you know who can play in the middle and I think that they might just have to keep using him up there while they've actually got some okay talent in their midfield St Kilda Um, and yeah so it's hard to say because I really do like him and I think if he plays midfield he can almost get up towards the year 95s 100s like I think he's that good Yeah. but I'm just worried that if he plays that, you know, half forward role, he's gonna be, you know, maligned to that Toby Green eighty to ninety kind of ceiling. So look, I hope I'm wrong, but I think he's either gonna be a bloody good player and a bloody good fantasy player, or he's just gonna be that, you know, Good forward, which we know that's that eighty-five
0: ninety. I reckon he moves into the midfield this season. They were talking about, you know, know everyone's burning up the track and everything will go Everyone's burning it. up the track. <laughs> but he was uh, talked about with the uh, words midfield minutes, training with the midfield group. Uh, yep. Hanabree's now out. Oh, he's a bit injured. He's a bit old. I don't know. Um, so there's probably a spot there for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the way he kind of, you know, finished off last year, playing that sort of role. I don't know. I reckon... Well, basically, I reckon he can is, do
1: it. Yeah, this is the year he's going to have to do it. Yep. If he's not going to take it to the next level this year, I just don't think he's going to do it next year. No, nah, so, if
0: I had Gresham on my keepers, I'd be locking and loading, I think. so. Yeah, well, I managed to trade him out for Dale Thomas <laughs> last year in the assault on a flag. But, oh, you know, dear. That's all right. I've got so many young
1: guns. He wouldn't even make my my keepers anyway. But no, he's a <laughs> he's a massive JLT watch for me. I think just it's going to be interesting to see where he plays. Um, and I think if you're starting off your keeper league this year, I reckon he could be a really good good bargain mid draft late draft I think he might slide down potentially but there's also been a bit of chat about him so some people might go high on him and if they
0: go high probably let them take him but if you get him low um, yeah I think he's a good one all right, my first player is uh, Jack Loney. So he's entering his uh, fifth year, averaged 66 last year, nothing uh, crazy and was in and out of the side all year. But he came back in round 17 and played all the remaining games. So he might have secured a spot uh, in the best 22. He averaged close to 80 from his last six games. So it was 78, I think, in his last six games. Uh he looked – yeah, so he looks like he's got his spot in the best 22 after though that finished the season. He's never going to be a big scorer. He's a small forward and, you know, I don't really like relying on them. No. But if you can average in the 70s, surely that makes him a good, you know, forward 5Ks. What do you think? Yeah, I've um, got him penciled into my draft calculations this year and now
1: keep a draft, I think. Yeah, his, uh, his back end was really quite impressive and yeah. um, kind of was doing what Gresham was doing. There the was, prior. I think,
0: one or two stinkers thrown in there, but oh. uh, yeah, some big scores there. From, from his scores last year, he's, he's prone to that really yeah, low yeah. score. But yeah. it's, that's, it's a small
1: forward thing. He, he's just a small uh, small bloke in general. And yeah. It really depends on where they see him going forward. He's going to be one I would like to monitor a lot in the JLT because yeah. just to see where they're playing him. You know, if he can sneak up to a wing and, and use his kind of pace and creativity, I think he could be a good scorer. Yep. Um, Top quiz, how many Jacks are at St. Kilda? Too many?
0: I don't know. The one Jack answer. Steven, Jack Loney. I don't know. How many? Five. Five. Wow. Yeah. Good quiz question, Case. Thank you. Put that in your <laughs> next <laughs> time. time <quiz>.
1: Exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, next player for me is Rowan Marshall. So. Um, he's a guy that burst onto everyone's radar late last year with a 70 average from 12 games. Um, the six games he played from round 17, um, he averaged 84.5 with one ton. He, um, Yeah, he would have come into come off a lot of waiver wires late last year Definitely. if you're playing that. Um, he's 23 and he's a massive chance for the Saints this year. And what I've found a bit weird is when you're looking at all your AFL.coms, et cetera, no one's got him in their best 22. Yeah, I've noticed that too. And I can't figure out why because with Longer the only established Rutman now, at St Kilda, I would have thought having Marshall in your team makes them a lot better and a lot more um, flexible with what they can do because he was obviously quite good when he when he pinched heat in there a bit um, last year and he looks a pretty good second forward. I suppose the only issue with St Kilda is they've got, you know, McCartan, Bruce and memory, but it always seems that one of those blokes isn't fit or McCartan's out of form. So I think Marshall's got a big, big uh, chance to play really well this year and because of You know, a lot of people look at those best 22s throughout the year and they base their their ranks on that. You might get a bit of a bargain.
0: Yeah, I think the other ruckman you're missing is Lewis Pierce. I reckon he's on their list too, who could not, be keeping him out. I don't know. But I doubt that they're going to play Lewis Pierce and Billy Longer. No, no, no. I don't yeah. know. I, I think yeah. there's three guys vying for – I don't even know if they'll play two rucks. I so the thing. there might be three guys vying for the number one spot, mm. which makes him uh, a bit of a, a bit of a risk. But um, look, from what he, what we saw last year, he's proven he can be a, a good scorer if he's playing mm. like a solo ruck and mm. playing a St. Kilda side. Um, if that – Job is guaranteed, definitely take him. But yep. uh, that's the only the only concern that I have. The thing with uh, Ultimate Footy, which is good, he actually has got ruck status in yeah, Ultimate of course, Footy, whereas yeah. AFL Fantasy is just
1: a forward. So I think if you're a longer owner or you're going to draft longer, yep. uh, you've got to be taking Marshall as that um, handcuff because um, – just well, he's good backup but it potentially just see how they play out the year and see how they go JLT but i'm i'm quite keen um it's a risky pick but i think you know if you're getting a, a ruck forward that can average you know 75 80 that's pretty handy either as a a, back, a bench backup or you know sliding into your to your, uh, f5 so yeah those are my thoughts F, right, who's cool. your next player
0: all right, I'm going to talk about Hunter Clark. So, um, yeah, he averaged uh, 58 in his first year. Played 15 matches. So for this, I don't mind this. You know, it's low average, but. Uh, St Kilda are definitely investing in him and I uh, think he's got something to give uh, if he's playing that many games in his first season and playing them consistently mm-hmm. as, as well I think once he come in he played quite a few in a row yep. um, so he mainly plays as a defender but he does play a bit on the wing as well um, averaged 80 in the VFL last season which is pretty decent for a first year player um, and then he averaged uh, 108 in the TAC Cup as a defender in uh, 2017 so the prospectus uh, also describes him as a lot like Pendles and uh, a future fantasy prospect so yeah, do I you don't know, know what that means? What does that mean? He's going to go a lot higher than he should. <laughs> yeah, probably. People
1: are just going to skim the prospectus and go, "Shit, it's next penalty. I'm going to take him in the first
0: pick." <laughs> but what do you think, Kase? Do you reckon he can turn into be a uh, decent fantasy scorer?
1: Uh, well, Clark was one of the and Caulfield who I know you're going to talk about. So secondly, he they were both. Um, Written about that they played really well in their intra club match a few weeks ago. So yeah. um, they're coming into this season with form and look. If you're looking at uh, Clark, he's got the bit of the pedigree, and you know if you're, I think if you can um, notch up that amount of games in your first year and then go back to the VFL and still score eighty as your, as a first year into the system, I think that's good going. Yeah, definitely. Um, look how 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 he goes this year. I'm not too sure. Um, Potentially still plays a lot of games, but are we expecting big numbers? I'm not too sure. Yeah. I think you probably need to give him a bit of time, especially – it is funny. We can probably say that for every club, but St. Kilda's midfield looks pretty decent. You yeah. Know, like, there may not be lots of guns, but, I, you know, I don't see Clark playing over, you know, Steven, Steele, Ross, you know, these kind of players. So yeah. So, just be a bit wary. I, I'm quite keen on him and happy to take him in a draft. Um, I don't know if I take him that early. Potentially mid or late with the, the opportunity can uh, kind of – Burst out and do something But
0: Yeah In my position I'd probably be taking him mid But for someone Somebody's probably having A bit more of a tilt You know I've won my flag I'm trying to rebuild For another one in a few years So Yeah, um, yeah I'm definitely I'm happy to take him around Mid round But uh okay, is late for you And I completely understand And I agree with that for you So that's mm. fine Alright Moving on Who's your next player um, The hard man Dean Kent He's oh. made the uh, What a Kent
1: <laughs> He's uh, <laughs> made the trip Over from Melbourne He is uh, He played 11 games In two years At the D's And um, obviously Just wanted to move because he wasn't getting much game time. But I think he can actually become a relevant player at the Saints. Um, In 2016, he played 20 games for Melbourne when they were a bit shit and he averaged 70 there and notched up two tonnes. So, he's got a bit of a scoring uh, pedigree. So, last year he played five games for an average of 57 and he's going to be down a few lists because of that. But if you go into that stuff, he played two of those games he got injured and he played 39% of game time and 4% of game time. So, he basically didn't play for... Two of the five games, and the other three, he scored quite well. He we had an eighty-six, a ninety-three, and a seventy-seven. So I think if he gets the ability to actually play, I think uh, he might be quite useful in the Saints side as a bit of that, you know, rough and tumble ball winner. You know, that um, potentially replaces an Armitage-style player. Maybe chops out and give Jack Stevens a bit of hand in the middle. I'm not sure, but he's only twenty-four, and if he can get fit, I think his uh, injuries have been his issue the last few years. But I think he can add some serious depth to your squad and someone i'd be looking at taking as that um player who can you know potentially he's on the borderline of best 22 but if he can sneak his way in there he's quite a good scorer and and one that you'd play um as the f5 kind of thing as a forward
0: yeah blokes going to new clubs i reckon always something to just have a look at there's got to be a reason uh Reason why they've taken, they must see something, and yeah, especially if they've shown a bit of a bit of a spark in the past. Yeah, um, who knows what they can do in a new environment with a few more opportunities? So, yeah, monitor that one through the JLT and see how he goes. Right, and your last player half, Nick Caulfield. Yeah, so I guess he was drafted right after Hunter Clark, and he's another defender, and he averages. Two points less than Hunter Clark last year, so pretty similar, I guess. I uh, only played 10 matches last season, though, but still, you know, showing the Saints are going to invest some time into him. He's an outside ball winner, but he doesn't get a lot of it. Um, he does have an elite kick, uh, and he averaged 80 in the VFL, so these guys are pretty hard to separate, actually. Are they the same but, uh, play?
1: Has anyone seen Hunter Clark and Nick <laughs> Coffield in the same room? I don't
0: think so. They do look a little bit different, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, doesn't look uh, that promising just yet, but I reckon he's uh, one to stick with with i think so he should develop into a a good running defender so stash but he might be one more for super coach with uh, not getting a heap of the pill but using it well i don't know what do you think Case? um
1: yeah when i'm just looking at the the stats for both clark and coffee they were pretty uh, hard to split for me yeah especially as they're both going into this year as, as defenders as yeah well, which is quite handy so Basically, it's rinse and repeat for what I said with Clark. I think it depends on where you're at and what you want out of this season. If you're yeah. you looking to the future, I think these guys are, are both good little
0: um, little players. Clark, I can see potentially moving up to a wing at some stage. So mm-hmm. if you get him in that transition year, you, you might get a really solid fantasy score. Yep. Whereas I think Caulfield's more likely to stay as the defender and you know work the ball out of halfback.
1: And what might hurt Caulfield this year a bit more is Roberton coming back in. Yeah, where, of course, um, he's going to take that spot back. And you know, yep. Webster's been playing quite well, and there's a few other you know. Half-decent back pockets, half-back flankers in at the St Kilda side already. So, um, potentially might not get as much opportunity as Clark does.
0: Yeah, okay. All right, that uh, wraps up our team analysis for uh, this week. So, I guess we'll uh, talk about, um, I guess why we didn't uh, mention any draftees and that's because we did a whole uh, Patreon mini episode on them so if you want access to that uh, yeah you might have to uh, subscribe to the Patreon page but basically the Patreon is uh, just if you're enjoying the podcast you like what we do um, you can help support us so we can do more things um, so we've got a lot of cool things in the work but I guess finding the time is the hard, uh, hard spot and, uh, and then sometimes we have to pay for a few things that are can be quite pricey um, so we've got a special announcement I think at the end of this show. But uh, we do it
1: all for you guys. Yeah
0: Exactly. The reason why we do it is, is, yeah, we like uh, helping you guys out. So again, on our Patreon uh, site, we've got lots of uh, bonus, uh, bonus content, including the breakout tracker, all the underage fantasy scores, state league fantasy scores. Uh, We got our defender rankings went up last week, and our midfield uh, has gone up by the time this podcast comes out. Yep. But uh, yeah, as a part of the guys who do uh, sign up to support us, we like to read out their names to thank them on the show. So, Kays, who signed up this week? Right. This week we welcome our Stone
1: Liam Snowden. Christian Zach Lang I church Rod West
0: Mike Warren and Jugsy Hagler so, Jugsy, uh, I reckon he, dropped, he jumped off uh, a few weeks ago. But jumped he, off? Yeah, he jumped off, but now he jumped back on board. So, he yes. must have realised um, how good our bonus uh, content is and he just uh, couldn't live without us. So, you know, we understand, mate. Uh, welcome back to the Patreon page. Good boy, Jugsy. <laughs> welcome back with open arms. <laughs> all right. If you want to uh, gain access to uh, all of this sort of stuff and have your name read out in the show, you can join for as uh, little as a dollar a month. Um, so, yeah, head to patreon.com slash League pod to, uh, yeah, join the uh, Keeper League Patreon. <laughs> All right, we're moving on to the listener tweets. So, uh, our first uh, tweet this week comes from at Yui. Uh, thoughts on Ed Phillips? Uh, not so much this year, but going forward, thought he looked really fantasy friendly at his and his first shot at it. So, what do you think, Kaz?
1: Um He's one I'm interested in. He's on my uh, draft radar this year. He Second year it was last year and he had an average of 73, which I think is pretty damn good in your second year of footy. Yeah. Even if it's only six games which he played, I think he's got game. He looked like he did. Yeah. The big one is the Saints have quite a few decent kids coming through, as he talked about just before with the Clarks and your Coffields and those kind of blokes. So yep. it's going to be a big JLT watch to see where he fits into their side and, and if he does play much this year. But yeah, I agree with you, Yui. I think it may not be this year, but there's going to be that changing in the guard in maybe a year or two where there's a lot of really quality uh, kids coming through St Kilda and they kind of take the next step as they push forward to becoming a better team.
0: Yeah. For me, he plays as that completely bruise-free wingman. Uh, doesn't get a lot of contested pills. In fact, he's I think he's one of the worst contested ball getters in the comp. So I'm not sure where that side of his scoring comes from. Um, yeah. But he's a great outside player. So like if, you know, you look at the good outside players in the competition, someone like Jared Polak who, is solid for like a 90 every week yeah um i reckon that's what you could expect from him in a few years time i never i'm not really expecting you know the one hundreds, 110 pluses from him but uh i reckon you can get a solid 90 out of him at some stage hmm. right the next question is from at, at <laughs> wiketa wiz so this
1: one's for you hef can rocky get back to being that 100 average guy
0: yeah, I reckon he can. It wouldn't be too much more, but uh, yeah, from what I've seen, I think his uh, time on ground numbers will increase eventually uh, this year and he'll get back to doing those little dinky kicks around the ground and you know, barely kicking over a jam team, but but uh, racking up a shitload of it. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. I've
1: got Rocky in my side. so. But looking at him, I just think if he's fit, which he is this year, like yeah. he was obviously – last year was a write-off injury-wise coming into it. He's had a pre-season. Yeah. Second year at the club, I think he's going to get – he might not get back to his one twenty, one thirty pig days, but I think he's a good average 100, 100 average mid for sure. So yep. um, don't write the rock pig off just yet.
0: All right. What's up, next case? Who's the next question? Rightio, we've got at big 88
1: Do you see Josh Battle or Kane Farrell as future keepers and can Broadbent make Port's best 22 again?
0: Uh, Farrell, you know, my opinions on small forwards, uh, he, I think, I feel like he was kind of more filling, filling a role last year. That he was quite a good player possible. though. Yeah. He, he kicked a lot of, yeah. uh, kicked a fair few goals in his few, in his few last few matches. But yeah. uh, I think, yeah, we're just kind of battling for someone smaller up there. But that said, there's probably a spot there, but I just don't think he's going to have the, uh, the fantasy, um, the fantasy uh, scoring of, uh, you know, other good players in the forward line. Um, battle, oh, key forward, uh, but he's I guess he's a bit more of a hybrid key forward. He's uh, got a bit of uh, athleticism about him. He was okay in the VFL from a football point of view, but not really from a fantasy point of view. I think he's in the sixties for that. Yep. Um, has a few issues hitting the scoreboard too. So I don't know. I can't see him as a uh, as a fantasy decent fantasy scorer just yet. Um, I and I wouldn't be willing to invest uh, just yet. I haven't seen enough. Yeah. With uh, Broadbent. Um, Oh, look, I love Broadbent, uh, the Ra, as we call him in uh, my little group. And he, the uh, Ra. Yeah, it's a long story, but uh, he acknowledges that. He'll know what we're talking about if Colin call He catches up with us uh, every now and then after a few games in the, in like the, in have the just rooms. Look at name-dropping, <laughs> you know, C-grade port players. Yeah, exactly. But uh, so I do love him, but if he isn't our best 22, I just fear for where we're heading. Um, so, you know, as much as I love the guy, I think he's almost at an end. Um, and he was... It was an okay fantasy score. I think he got close to an 80 average was one like year. like an 80 average, yeah. yeah. Um, which was handy, but uh, I just can't see how it now. Getting on a bit, so injury-prone these days. Nah, not for me. He, I, he'll he play this year. I reckon he'll get a few games and, you know, the crowd will love him and it'll we'll, be good to see him back in port colours, but I think his best footy is definitely behind him. Yeah, I have to agree with all of that. I think, you know, with
1: someone like Battle, you just never know if that that size player, but yeah. they need time. It's just most of the key forwards and... Oh, look, I think I agree with you there. With if Broadbent's playing, you're probably not going the right way, but yeah. no no knock on the bloke who's been uh, very serviceable no. for both the team yeah. and uh, fantasy sides for many years.
0: And he's a good bloke too.
1: Well, that's all that matters.
0: <laughs> all right, next one is uh, from Cherto5. Uh, love the pod, guys. So good. Oh, thanks for the kind words there, Cherto. You're not what? supposed
1: to write the questions yourself there.
0: <laughs> I swear that's legit. All right, uh, Robbie Gray, such a tease. Last year, he was huge in the mids until he swapped with Wingard forward. I'm thinking, slash hoping, they need pace in the midfield. With Polak and Wingard's departure in a 16-4, and four under 50, U50, under 50 keeper league. So we'll be keeping him uh, this season. So what do you think, Case? My question is, is Robbie Gray actually that quick? He's not. He's mm. actually got pretty dicky groins and uh, hamstrings and things like that. So he kind of is quite slow.
1: So who is Port's quickest player that's relevant?
0: At the moment, well, I guess someone like Rosie would be quite quick coming in. Uh, Motlop, uh, yeah, I I guess in the midfield, it's a really slow midfield. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a hard one to actually think about, yeah. Yeah.
1: Look, for me, I think um, Gray's likely to play more forward than middle. I think he he's one of the best – for he's almost like that uh, Gary Ablett style where he's, he's such a, a gun forward, like he's got that natural ability. He's better for Port up forward and if they want to have a tilt, he needs to play up forward.
0: Four-time All-Australian as a forward. I just can't see him. Like he is good when he goes in midfield. He's pretty silky, got pretty good skills, but he's too valuable, I think. Yeah. Like there's been times where if he wasn't playing up forward, Port would have been completely fucked. Yeah. Like he's won games off his own boot. I think he basically won a showdown off yeah. his own boot. Uh, yeah,
1: he was good that yeah night. Yeah,
0: so – I, and look, he's 30 plus now,
1: so you can't yeah. be relying on him to be the answer in your midfield. Yeah. So I think they need that next generation to step up. And who that is, I'm not sure with the speed, but you know, I think they've just got to you know manipulate their game plan to work around these good, slower midfielders. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I, I don't see him playing midfield,
0: nah, neither. i see him at forward,
1: rightio at twr412. If you had held Ebert in a keeper, would you feel physically ill at the thought of him playing as a deep forward?
0: Now I'm not sure if this is real common knowledge. I think at the end of last season he did play as forward, but uh as yeah, part of the intra club stuff, I did notice and it was kind of mentioned in the media that yeah, Ebert basically played the whole game up forward uh and kicked three goals in the intra club. So it looks like Porter looking at uh uh keeping him there. So I'm not sure if this tweet came on the back of that news or whether he just um yeah, that was kind of common knowledge for everyone out there. But um yeah, Willie um oh, wait, feel feel if feel, feel ill if he was playing up forward. Um, maybe. Uh, but the experiment could fail as well. So Ideally, you'd like the experiment to fail after he gets DPP playing forward, mm-hmm. then goes back to the midfield, starts pumping out your 90s to 100s around then. Um, but yeah, in the trial, he actually was pretty impressive playing as a forward. He takes a good grab and then he's got a really, I don't know, he can't hit a target on the field, but it seems like when he's long enough for a goal, he usually puts them through. So, And what I did on the back of this, I guess, I noticed that Travis Boak was playing a lot lot more midfield time, so mm-hmm. much more than previous two seasons. So if you do own Boak as well, um, you could see a bit of a, I know he averaged 90 last year, but we could. Could see him get back to those 95s, maybe you know 99, 100, closer there if he does go back to his uh, full time midfield role. So that could be interesting for Boke owners, too. Yeah. What do you think, guys? Uh, look, I doubt he's
1: going to play forward. I think that's just my gut feel without any you know knowledge. I yeah. just think he's quite a good you know uh, running forward of the um, forward of the ball defender or whatever you know, like from defense to, to midfield, he's a good yeah, um, link up player and stuff like that. And look, he's fluctuated between that 85 and 102 average, and I just see him scoring more of that that bracket again and if he was playing forward I'd be concerned but I just don't think he is
0: okay moving on to our next question Uh, will Billy be no longer fantasy irrelevant god there's so many tongue twisters in these questions (laughs) will Billy no longer no longer very clever good one Miller (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) look um, I think it was a massive decision by the Saints to let Tom Hickey go so Long has been in and out and injured and non-injured and just you know a real yo-yo but When he was fit, he scored very well. He scored 78 uh, with four tons in 2017. So, I'm assuming they think that he's ready to go and ready to play as a solo Ruckman because I don't really see Lewis Pierce or whoever the other guy is, you know, coming in and uh, either playing with him or overtaking him. So, I think with the, you know, there's not many clubs who have one Ruckman that you can bank on going in that's going to be standout Ruckman. So. I think that he could be the guy with a few chop-outs from, yeah, Marshall, as we said before, or memory, those kind of players. And if he's playing solo, even if he's not that good, I think he's going to score.
0: Yeah, um, kind of off topic here. But, Case, do you think the kind of concept of clubs playing two Ruckman this year, do you reckon there's a bit of, I guess, uh, more of a conspiracy than actually solid concrete evidence that we're going to see all these Ruckman drop off because we're going to be playing two of them? Is, is there a chance that clubs play two Ruckman and, uh, and both score well? Yeah. I can't. yeah. I'm know, just thinking about it more and more and like is this actually like a legit is this just a
1: scare pa- campaign or cuz your good Ruttman is still going to score I think yeah. so you know I, and that's the thing like ah, yes they probably lose a bit of time on ground in the middle and especially in the in the center square which we can get some points but yeah. if you're half decent at, uh, up forward yeah, taking you're a still going to count here a few and there. you know yeah. it's like it's like patty Ryder. you know like he can probably play 30% ruck and 70 percent up forward and he's yeah. still gonna like he was kicking a lot of goals late last year when he was on one leg yeah exactly and, and he was still t- scoring about 70 80 yeah. like doing that which yeah. for a ruckman if you're not getting the top echelon is fine yeah so i i'm i'm really not buying into that but i think if you can get one who's playing one out yeah yeah
0: sorry back that, to the question yeah, <laughs> that is
1: that is actually good so yeah don't be too concerned i don't think unless you unless you've you've got a ruckman who's a bit of a spud and isn't Natural yep. forward, but most of them are these days.
0: So, Billy Longer could very well be relevant, you reckon? Yep. Yeah.
1: If I was, um, yeah, if I missed out one of the top four or five starting a new keeper league yeah, take the and point. I just went right down to the bottom, I wouldn't be that upset if I had him.
0: Yep. All right. Uh, Trav014, will Jack Stephen benefit from having more depth and class in the midfield? Has really been doing it all himself for a few years in the guts and uh, just uh, there, trav Seb Ross says g'day. Um, but, yeah, go on. Um, potentially. Uh,
1: he'll need someone like Dan Hanbury, I think, to be super fit and taking a tag off him. But was Stephen getting tagged that much last year? I don't I don't really know.
0: Now, Seb Ross was their go-to man last year. Nothing yeah. that's actually what's happened to him is he's, he's been overtaken. As yeah. the guy that Saints want the ball in the hands of. Um, so, yeah, personally, I think that's probably mo- got more to do with uh, Stephen's decline. He's not the yeah. number one dog in the midfield anymore. Well, yeah, he's and his numbers,
1: his numbers say that he's gone from 111 to 104 yep. to 93 to 96, and, and he's at, 29 now. So. And look at
0: Ross is doing the complete opposite as yeah. a younger player. So I think it's just, yeah, less responsibility. I mean, he's playing second fiddle, maybe even third fiddle with uh, Hanterbury coming in. So, uh, and Steele is quite a good player too oh, these yeah. days. Oh, so. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Look, he's still going to be that ninety-five to hundred-ish yeah, yeah. average I mid. Say, I don't, I don't yeah. think
1: he's going to all of a sudden jump back up again, unless you know St Kilda improve out of sight and yeah. you know I don't know, just some miracle happens. Unless but they
0: try him in a different role, know, who knows? But yeah, I think I he needs to play
1: midfield to be a big scorer. Yeah, though. true. Yeah. And the last question is from at Dan K101. What are your thoughts on Caulfield and Jack Steele? What do you see them both averaging in 2019 and beyond? I went very early on Steele in my startup keeper draft and snapped up Caulfield very late. Pick 283.
0: All right, so we talked about Coffield. Um I could see him pushing into the seventies this year. I'm not expecting huge things from him as we uh, as we talked about before. It depends on his role whether he plays halfback or wing as well. It's kind of kind of fluctuate between there. But yeah, mid seventies I reckon for uh, Coffield. Um Jack Steele, yeah, he's turning into a bit of a gun, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, ninety, ninety to hundred. Around there. What yep. do you think, Case? Yeah, well, he
1: averaged 94 last year, yeah, 23 okay. this year, fifth yep. season, and, and probably was um, a bit slow in his early years at uh, GWS. He had a few injury issues and couldn't break into that side. So, he's really just kind of found his feet now he's at the Saints. So, I think he's going to be a genuine gun and um, – Dan, oh, I have no issues with you going early on him because I think he's, he's going to be very, very good for a long time to come. And what I do like, he almost averaged seven tackles a game last year. So looking at that, you know, you don't, even if you're out of the game from a possession point of view, you're still getting, you know, 28 points a game from tackles, which is, yeah, real good going.
0: Yeah. All right. Thanks to all the uh, the listeners for the tweets. And I guess that uh, wraps up the show for this week. So um, oh, one more thing, guys. Yes, yeah, so we have uh, some exciting news, Hef. Uh, ah, yeah, How sorry. have you forgotten about this? No, I didn't. I was actually going to segue into that, but now you've rudely interrupted me. But uh, anyway. Should, where's <laughs> that in the show, Doc? hell. I know, I need to prepare Amateur better. Hour Hef. Sorry, mate. Oh, you go on. Break the news then. All right. The
1: big news <laughs> is we have launched a website. Yeah. So you can find us on www. KeeperLeaguePod.com.au, So we've just basically got all of our uh, assets in one one uh, fantastically beautifully designed spot. So yes. hit that up. Hef, you're the genius on the computer, so let us know it's all there.
0: Yeah, so basically all our Patreon stuff's there, our mini-episode stuff's there. Um, so all our premium resources, the breakout tracker, you name it, it's up there. Uh, it's I guess it's all integrated with Patreon, so all our Patreon stuff's there. You still have to be a Patreon subscriber to see it. But uh, yeah, it looks like we'll be doing a few um, blog posts and just things like that, a few Ups every now and then, uh, just dropping a few things, and I guess it's just a one stop hub to have all our places uh, to save a few uh, everyone logging into Patreon all the time and things like that. So um, yeah, I thought we would just drop that, and uh, yeah, so that'll be launching hopefully by the time of this uh, podcast comes out. If not, just stay tuned to our uh, socials and we'll put the link up at some stage. Um, but yeah, we're also after a few uh few iP- uh, iTunes reviews. Um, we jumped into the uh, the top two hundred sports uh, podcasts worldwide, I think uh, mm. this week. So uh, that's pretty exciting. Um, so, yeah, if anyone feels like giving us a few stars here and there, we'll, we'll aim for five stars. But, you know, if you don't feel we're worth it, then that's no, fine. I think <laughs> we're a four-star pod, but, you know. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to earn that fifth star. Exactly. But anyway, um, yeah, thanks for listening this week, guys. And, uh, yeah, hope you have a good week. And uh, we've got three more teams to uh, look at next week. And then we're actually into the uh, JLT.
1: Yeah, so from JLT time, we'll be doing uh, wraps and reviews on the JLT games, kind of picking out a few players who have impressed us over those games. And then guess what, Hef? It's footy season after that.
0: Oh, geez, that's exciting. All right. uh, Thanks again, listeners, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Catch ya.